You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, legends? All right, so this is a multi-part series of the Management Style series that I'm doing. And this episode is episode number one of the different styles. And and the style today we're going to be talking about is the Democratic Management Style. My name is Jameson Gavin, and this is the Legend Vest Podcast. This is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. Today's episode, like I said, is going to be about the democratic management style. And this is the widest used style, or at least what people would like to say that their style really is. A lot of people aren't really doing this. They like to say that they have a democratic management style. However, I want to do a deep dive into what a democratic management style is, why I think uh, some people use this, cons as well. And then I'm going to do a little bit of a pro tip on the end just for you so you can understand, hey, what type of business made this work like really good at? So I'm going to do a deep dive into this. So the democratic management style involves managers reaching decisions with the input of the employees. However, they're also being responsible for making the final decision. There are many variations of this style of management, including consultative, participative, and collaborative styles. Employee IDs and contributions are encouraged but not necessary. Communication, though, is both top down, so from the high to lower, from the CEO down to the people, and bottom up, from the folks making the widgets all the way up to the head honcho. And this, ladies and gentlemen, makes for a cohesive and collaborative team. Now, the democratic management style is versatile with the advantages being more diverse perspectives involved in decision making. Um, As employees are being taken into account before the manager makes decisions, the employees do feel more valued, which increases motivation, increases productivity, increases happiness, morale, all of that. The disadvantages of the democratic management style are the time that it takes to actually produce a final flipping decision. Uh, It can take forever because you're going through opinions of people. Everybody's like has their own ideas, et cetera, et cetera. There's also the potential conflict of different viewpoints playing a role in decision making as a result. And employees can really feel less valued if their input is not chosen or not taken, uh, leading to a decreased morale and productivity in your organization. So there are some solutions for, um, you know, for all of this. So pros and cons, and now we're going to talk about um, the pros. Now, the pro for being in the democratic leadership style is, is really the best way to solve pretty much complex problems. Democratic leaders are typically excellent at solving complex issues. Uh, they have the ability to work collaboratively, use excuse me, using a consensus of opinions to get things done the right way the first time. The democratic leader often thinks innovatively, right, and encourages others to do the same. So solutions to complex and strategic problems 
can be easy to find. Solutions that are democratically derived, typically, historically, from a time-based standpoint, folks, they last the longest. And you say, why is that, Jameson? And the reason is because when you have a democratic approach to something, more people have more buy-in. They have more weight. They feel that they are um, you know, a part of the decision-making process. And so when they finally put their foot down into the sand and they have to move forward, they are more strong in moving that foot forward with you because they feel like it was their decision as well. And it's not just a feeling. It really is the truth. It's a part of them as well. So strong teams are typically built by democratic leaders. Team members under democratic leadership tend to be supportive and strong. Honestly, honesty flourishes and more collective working is done because the opinions of everyone is considered. Democratic leaders are usually popular. They're usually the ones who move up in an organization that has a good leadership structure. The democratic leadership style is something, ladies and gentlemen, that works well with large organizations. Now, Democratic leaders effectively foster creative environments because they encourage the input and the innovation of everyone on the team. Creative designers succeed under democratic leadership. People who are very um, creative, like design and marketing and things like that, even sales. These are people who have to think outside of the box to, to produce um, um, like solutions to problems, they really work well from democratic leadership styles. And it's because of support and nurture, and it's embodied in the democratic leadership approach. Now, of course, with everything, there's pros and cons. I don't want to be that guy, and this is not me, who's going to have a podcast and say, hey, this is the best leadership style. Everybody should do this one. This is by far the best. You know, everybody's going to have a different uh, leadership style, right? And there's cons with this as well. So I want you to understand the pros and the cons here for Legend Nation. Now, the major con with the democratic leadership style is it takes time. So in a, in a, in a crunch, in a crisis, there's no time available to address everybody's issue, to address everybody's issue uh, of, of concern or opinion or idea. When as a crisis that happens, you have to make a decision right now, you don't have time to consult everyone. That's the number one problem of the democratic approach is the time. OK, when it's a time based decision, it can't really be too much democratic. OK, the other part is uh, democratic leaders sometimes build an environment in which individuals expect for their idea to always be implemented. If you have a democratic approach and you're always pulling from one person and, you know, and it's always, you know, Sally. And it's like, man, Sally's got the best ideas and she really may have the best ideas in your squad. However, if you're always pulling from Sally's ideas and you're never pulling from John's, John's going to get a little, you know, he's going to feel some type of way. And he's, one day he's going to feel some type of way about Sally. He's going to feel some type of way about you. So it's important that you listen to everyone's ideas, that you, you know, you talk, you consult. If this is going to be your leadership style, you need to have an open discussion with everybody. Explain why you think this. Explain why you think that. The democratic, this, the democratic leadership approach will not always get the job done. A democratic leader will have to learn how to put his or her foot down and come to a decision in certain situations. That is the largest weakness of a democratic approach. You see, when you have a democratic approach, 
You as the leader must be able to make a decision and put your foot down when necessary. Being too wishy-washy, being on a spin cycle for too long gets people confused. And I have one of my, uh, actually, I think it's my very first mentor. I think, yeah, he was my very first mentor in business. He says, um, he has a, a story. He believes that the camel is the one animal that God allowed to be created by committee. Um, and so he says, you know, you look at a camel, right? It can do everything well, but it looks like crap. You know, it's got a, a hump uh, for the water. It can travel in the desert and it can last out there forever. You know, it's got high legs. It can, you know, go deep in the sand and it can stand up strong, you know, and it can keep the rider above the sand and even the water if necessary. He's like, uh, what else is it? Something else. He goes on and on and on. But he's like, but then when you look like it, when you look at it, it looks like crap, you know? And so his point is, you cannot always be democratic. There are times where you need to say, you know what? You know, putting everything into this car or putting everything into this product sounds great. Sounds phenomenal. You know what? That would be amazing. However, right now, we need to get a product to the market. We have investors. They're expecting us to actually start making some money and start just sending some dividends back. We need to go ahead and secure the bag and let's go ahead and make this product or let's go ahead and get this business off the ground. Now, what are some good fits? I told you I was going to bring you some extra sauce with this, give you some good fits uh, for businesses that actually work well with the democratic leadership approach. Number one is going to be education. There are very few places that need to be as open to different ideas and education, um, both by education from the, the teacher's perspective and also the organizations who employ those teachers. I cannot tell you how important that this actually is to have a democratic approach when it comes to education. And the reasoning why is this. Uh, the other day, I was actually very disappointed uh, in myself because I placed Xander into his crib, very nice crib here, um, and, and he climbed out of his crib and he fell on the floor and I was just like, and I heard boom, boom. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I, you know, I ran over to his room and, um, and he's crying and I'm just like, man, I just felt terrible. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever felt that bad, um, in quite a long time. And so, you know, I'm holding him and he eventually stops crying and I just, just apologize so much to him and, uh, and even to my wife. And I said, you know, I just feel so bad. And she says, you know, you didn't know he could climb out of there. And my point with that is. I got an active kid, man. Xander loves to run. He loves to climb. He climbs on me. He likes to climb on the bed. He likes to, you know, even like get in the car. He likes to throw the soccer ball. He likes to run around the soccer pitch. He's an active kid. He is active with a capital A and an if. And the thing is, when he begins to go into the education system, if a teacher is trying to put him on ADHD or the Ritalin or something like that, I might slap a teacher. The thing is, you have different people, different students, and when it comes to education, especially at the younger age, you need to have a democratic approach. The top-level leaders who are above the teachers, they need to understand. On the site level, in the classroom level, teachers need to be able to foster and nurture children the way that's necessary. Having an author, authoritative or laissez or, you know, there's so many different other types of leadership styles where it has to be this way or just let everybody do what they want to do. That's not going to work. It needs to be structured, but also moldable. It needs to be lenient, but also strict. And so if you allow the education system to have a democratic, democratic leadership approach, 
where it can be transformed for those students because there's going to be someone on the flip side, right? It's going to be a little kid in the front, you know, a little Johnny, and he don't care if if people if Sally is putting glue Elmer's glue all in his hair, he's just going to sit there and just and just take it. That's not going to be my son. I can t- I can tell you right now. You know, and he's from just running around the house and opening up all the cabinets. That's not going to be him. Somebody going to put try to put glue in his on his hair. He's going to slap the glue out of out of their hand and he's going to put it in their hair. So the thing is, you have to learn how to educate and discipline each one of them and to understand that you can't be putting glue in in your hair and you can't be little Johnny just taking people putting glue in your hair but at the same time, you know, my son, you know, you can't be just running around all the time. You know, there's 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 a pro and a con. And the democratic leadership style is very important for education. Next is the service industry. New ideas allow for more flexibility for changing to customers' demands. Having a democratic perspective and democratic leadership style is going to allow your operations to be able to execute effectively for that customer, especially in a service-based industry. For product-based industry, you don't necessarily want to always be changing your product just for the customer because now that gets expensive. Change in product-based industries, even in real estate, is expensive. Consulting. When paid to explore problems and find solutions, your role will be to explore the possibilities in depth. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, there has to be a great deal of exploration, open discussion to produce what? Creativity. In consulting, you are finding, folks, a solution day problem. So if you cannot be open, if you can't be creative, if you can't say, hey, Mr. CEO, I know that you think that this is the way it should go, but however, I've created this presentation. I think that this is going to rock the socks and pop them off and they're going to just be like, whoa, you guys have done a phenomenal job on this. Let's cut the check and let's laugh to the bank. Now, the last portion is going to be creative groups. I'm talking about advertising. I'm talking about marketing. I'm talking about design. I'm talking about these people who are the creative team in your organization. Ideas got to flow, baby. They got to be like a river just flowing with creative juices everywhere. You need to, the, 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 the mindset for your creative team literally needs to be anything is possible. Nothing that comes on this table is like, to outside of the box. Nothing. It needs to be so creative. This is something I talk recording all the time. I'm like, when I think of my marketing, I think of something that's just like, just bonkers. And I have so many ideas for the podcast and I've thrown a coordinating, you know, and I'm like, I actually probably think I'm crazy. But, you know, I'm like, when I think of marketing, I think of bonkers. I think of Seth Golden. Seth Golden is one of, for me, is someone I look up to in marketing. And I literally think of Purple Cow. Like that is one of the, for me, one of the best books I've ever read for marketing. And when I think of marketing, that's what I think of. And so you have to create new concepts and designs. And the only way you're going to create those new things is to think outside of the box, which is fostered from democratic leadership. So some tips I want to leave you with today, Legend Nation. You're listening to the podcast, so you know I'm dropping the tips, giving you the juice and the sauce. Number one. This is the style you want to do. This is the style that you believe in. Be ready to commit. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl who is afraid to commit. Like an owl. Who is afraid to commit. Not being okay with commitment is going to leave you on the sideline, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't want to be on the sideline. You want to get in the game. It's time to score some goals. In the democratic leadership style, you get presented with so many possibilities and suggestions that it can be overwhelming and difficult to commit. However, as the leader, when it comes time to put the gravy to the ground, 
You have to choose and do so with conviction, with the strong foot forward. The team depends on you and on a clear and unambiguous decision to be made. Remember that. Respect the ideas, number two. Respect the ideas of other people. You and your team might not agree with every idea. I don't agree with everybody on my team. Okay? that we don't, I don't agree all the time. It happens. It's natural. They don't agree with me probably half the time. However, it is important that you create a healthy environment where those ideas are heard, they're entertained, they're considered, they're thought about. Or the flow of those ideas will run dry like the Sahara Desert. Understand that. Foster those ideas. Chat with them. Understand them. Okay? The last one I want to talk with you really. This is maybe high level. You may not get this one. This may not be something you actually do, but it is something that you need to understand. When you explain why you're not going to go with someone's decision, stop apologizing. Okay? Do not apologize. There's no need to apologize because you didn't go with somebody's decision. We are here to produce a phenomenal service or product. We are here to create profits. We are here to take care of others as well as ourselves. When you have an explanation of what you're doing, there doesn't need to be, hey, but I'm sorry. Hey, I wanted to go with your color, but I'm so sorry. It just sucked. You don't need to say the sorry part. And you don't also need to just say that it sucked. But my point is, you don't need to apologize. You move in the direction because you believe that it's the right direction. So you can explain to them why the color should be orange and why it shouldn't be green. Why do so many landscaping companies have the color green? I mean, every landscaping company, you look, Google your landscaping company and look at their logo. I mean, I see the landscaping company, you know, and on the side of the trucks all the time. And why are all their logos green? Can somebody tell me, like, What's up? What I mean, I know why they're green because grass is green, but can we get somebody with a different color up for a landscaping company? So if I'm consulting for someone and they say, hey, what color should my landscaping company be? They're going to say, I was thinking the color green. I want to say, well, sir, I've surveyed and I reviewed over whatever 5,000 million gazillion landscaping companies and 99.9 and of them were green. I was thinking Perhaps because we're different, we have a different product offering. We want to show them that we are a different company and we want to stand out. We don't want to be the status quo. So I was thinking, why don't we make our logo orange? I don't know. Purple. Why don't we make it red? A different color. So, ladies and gentlemen, and with that, there was no apology. There's there's no, you know, they said they want, there's no apology with that. You don't need to apologize. We're all on the same team. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure that you like and subscribe. Stay tuned for the other um, the other management styles in this management style series. The next one is going to be one that you may or may not have heard of. I got a lot more for you that you're probably going to be like, man, I never even heard of this style. But this is the management style series. Like and subscribe. And please share these episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for listening.